0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget newsletter. And with me today is Peter Cohn, the editor of the Budget and Appropriations team at CQ. Thanks for joining me again, Pete. Good to be here, David. So Tuesday is tax day when somewhere around 170 million households will need to settle up with the IRS. It's also the last time Americans will use the old tax forms, as a massive array of changes affecting individual tax rates, credits, and deductions went into effect on January 1. The Republicans' signature achievement, it's the first tax overhaul since 1986, has provoked some strong emotions. Polls suggest most Americans still view it unfavorably, and Democrats continue to blast it as a costly sop to the rich. But the GOP is banking that higher paychecks starting in February may be enough to save their fragile majorities in Congress. So, Pete, let's talk about the tax code overhaul, and why don't we start with the budgetary implications of this, of this huge bill, because the Congressional Budget Office just released some new data this past week.
1: Can you talk about that a little and what it means for, for the rising debt? Sure, I think it's it's uh, it's no question that the CBO report that came out this past Monday shows a worse a worsening fiscal picture and driven largely uh, due to the uh, the tax law that passed last December. There's a lot, quite a bit of confusion about the numbers this past week in some of the budget hearings and on the floor where they were debating a, a balanced budget amendment. There's new, some new figures have been discussed about how the law is going to cost somewhere between $1.8 and $1.9 trillion over, over 10 years. That's because the CBO had t- has taken into account new information about, co- about co- companies' behavior and new uh, information about what they see as the economic growth prospects over the next 10 years. And it
0: accounts all the added debt service.
1: Debt service is, is a big reason, but CBO is making some different assumptions about about uh, the economic behavior and what co- how companies are going to be um, deducting their uh, taxable income. Companies are going to be more profitable, so they're going to be deduct they're going to be taking bigger deductions than CBO thought uh, previously. There's also some changes as a result of the mix of individuals income, wages and salaries are going to be up for lower-income people, but not necessarily for higher-income people. Lower-income people earn less than higher-income people, so they're going to have... The overall revenue takes for the government is going to be a little bit lower.
0: So the bottom line is, when you take account of all these changes, CBO is saying that this tax plan they do expect is going to increase annual deficits by over $1.8 trillion over the next decade, which does contradict what Republicans have been promising about this tax law, right? I mean, a lot of them were saying it's going to pay for itself.
1: I don't know about a lot of them. I think there were a few Republicans who voiced hopes that the economic growth would be so dramatic that it would essentially cancel out a lot of, a lot of the revenue loss uh, previously before the before the tax law. Republicans will point to the fact that the CBO report says that real GDP growth— is going to be something like .7% higher than it would have been ordinarily, which is translating into, again, in CBO's words, 1.1 million jobs on average uh, in non-farm employment uh, over the next 10 years. So those are tangible things Republicans will point to to counter that pure numbers game uh, on the deficit that uh, was discussed this week.
0: So how do you think this plays, Pete, politically?
1: Well, it's a really interesting question, and we look at this in a, in a uh, mag- upcoming magazine piece that we've timed uh, appropriately for tax day, which is, what are public opinions about this law, and how is it going to impact the, the political fortunes of both parties in, the, in these midterm elections? And, uh, you know, David, you mentioned that the paycheck withholding change happened in, uh, in February, so Americans are starting to get a little bit of a taste of what this tax law means for them personally. Even before these changes took, in, took effect in January, there was still sort of, a, um, I'd say, an anti-tax cut attitude generally among the American populace, at least in most polls, with a few outliers that showed, showed the law has become a little more popular lately. But generally, the polls have said that most people, when asked, think this, this law was not a good idea. But the interesting th- thing about that is you also ask them how much they know about the law, and they say they know very little about it. And then you ask them specific questions. Which means
0: attitudes can quickly change.
1: Right. And also, most Americans believe that, uh, at least within the last several months, we don't have updated polling on some of these same questions. But starting in January, February, March, people were asked the question, do you think you personally, your household, is going to receive a tax cut? And the numbers were very low. More Americans generally have believed they're actually not going to see any benefit than those who believe they will see some benefit. Because Democrats during the debate very successfully stereotyped this law as a basically a Scrooge kind of law. It's going to take money from the poor uh, and the middle class and give it to the rich and to mega Fortune 500 corporations. The reality, though, is that you ask people in polls about specific provisions of the law. Do you like, for instance, doubling the child tax credit to $2,000? And in one poll in January, before and again, before these changes really took effect, 82% of of people polled said they they thought that was a good idea, to double the child tax credit. Reducing tax rates across the board for individuals, again, 82%. And the numbers for Democrats are actually pretty striking. 75% of Democrats thought doubling the child tax credit was a good idea, 72% thought cutting tax rates was a good idea. You know, Even eliminating the tax penalty for failure to purchase health insurance, the individual mandate from the uh, Affordable Care Act, that actually polls surprisingly well, even among Democrats. You Although so- not,
0: not too surprising, though, that people generally like the idea of lowering their taxes. I mean, so that's not it. I mean, usually people don't oppose uh, seeing their taxes cut.
1: They don't unless you're cutting a political campaign ad that says this tax law was a terrible sop to the rich.
0: Right. That's different. from The the overall effect of the tax plan and their opinions of it and their understanding of it may differ.
1: Right. What what I'm trying to say here, though, David, is people, as they start to realize the impact on themselves and their household, you do over time see uh, attitudes shifting a little bit and becoming more positive about the law. There was a Gallup poll last month that showed, again, still very unfavorable. 39 percent of Americans favor the law. That's pretty low. But that's actually up from December by, I believe, ten percentage points.
0: yeah. so the trend is is so becoming tr- more yeah, popular. The
1: trend is becoming more popular, but still, Republicans have some work to do in selling this. And uh, you know, clearly, Democrats think that their argument on the budgetary aspect of this, the fact that it's going to cost, as they say, using you know, their numbers, you can you can cherry pick the numbers here in the CBO report, but Democrats can point to this one because it was in the report. 1.8, 1.9 trillion in cost added to the to the debt over over the ten, decade, over ten yeah. years. And what's that going to do to some of the programs that they favor? They contrast that very effectively. I thought in the balanced budget debate in the House floor, it says, "Well, what's that going to mean?" You, you know, on the one hand, you want to balance the budget on the backs of programs like Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid, but on the other hand, you want to give nearly two trillion dollars away to the quote-unquote rich. Although, as we have pointed out, the benefits are pretty evenly distributed in this bill. Both sides are sort of having to try, ha, trying to have their cake and eat it too with this, and you're just going to see this debate continue throughout the midterm campaign this summer. Okay,
0: so as Americans prepare to submit their final returns under the old tax code, what should they be planning for now as these changes begin to take effect?
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point that um, you know people should remember, and and you know for everybody who's already done their taxes, they know that. The forms haven't changed yet. You're filing your taxes for the 2017 year now, so under the based on the old system, so that doesn't change. But what has to, is the withholding tables for
0: uh, for 2018
1: for 2018, right? Because those went in effect in January. We're all getting you know, everyone who works for for an employer with a, a paycheck withholding system is uh, is getting their paychecks bi monthly, weekly, monthly, what have you, and the withholding tables have been have been set to take out less from your paychecks, everybody's been instructed to do this by the IRS, uh, sort of in accordance with the new law so that effectively you're getting an advance on the tax cut that's that's taken effect this year. Because uh, uh, like you mentioned, you're not going to be filing your taxes till next April, presumably, but they want to make sure that everybody's feeling the effects of it now. So one of the big pitfalls is as the IRS has tried to communicate, and, and most employers have, I know our employers try to communicate this, is that you got to be careful because because they're trying to make sure that everybody's seeing the benefit in their paychecks that there's a real potential here to have for your employer to underwithhold your taxes so that what happens is you think you're getting this big windfall and then you go to file your taxes next April and you find oh my oh my God I've I've owe all this money to the IRS I why is this happening why am I getting a big tax increase well the answer is because you've been having too little withheld from your paychecks. So what the IRS has done is provide a calculator where you can plug in all of your relevant information and you can see including how much is being withheld today and you can see how much your tax bill is going to be roughly next April. And if that number is higher than you like, you really need to make sure you go back and you tell your employers to, to be withholding more from your paycheck because otherwise you get a nasty surprise next April. Do we think a lot of people, most people will have to change their withholdings as a result of this law or hard to say? Uh, well, I mean, you know, you can look at CBO, the report that just came out this past week. They assume that, mo- that tax refunds uh, next year will be lower than they are today because, because the IRS has been withholding less. So they're going to have less money to give back to us next year when we all when we Mm. all file our taxes. So this is a real issue. It's certainly a political benefit uh, for the Republicans in that this, uh, you know, nasty surprise is not going to hit until April of 2019 versus uh, November of 2018.
0: Great. So a lot to keep in mind as tax day approaches as we wrap up the uh, tax season here. And we'll be watching the impact that this tax plan will have for years to come, really, and certainly, uh, certainly the next year or two, as, as uh, the budget may get harder to balance as a result. My thanks again to Peter Cohn, our budget and tax editor, for joining me again. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One. And to find out more on this subject and other budget news, you can visit RollCall.com or CQ.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week.